Welcome to Gross Anatomy. We're live, Lauren. We're live with Gross Anatomy Podcast, where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture, meaning books, movies, TV, and the world around us. And I'm Lauren Taylor, and I'm joined with my favorite host. <laughs> As opposed to your other hosts? <laughs> yeah. Dr. Jason Cohen. Is it joined with or joined by? Joined by. Wait. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and, uh, and I'm very happy to be here in this month of June. June gloom, as they call it in LA. Exactly. How did it become June, Lauren? How did that happen already? How's half the year gone by already? I know. And I'm so behind on charts and I'm doing charts from December. Uh, and I'm like, how am I doing charts from December still? It's tough. It's tough. It's a lot, it's a lot of extra headachey work. In, in fact, because of charting and electronic medical record, it spawned a whole new industry uh, the, of something called scribes. So now there are these people, they're often young uh, students who want to become doctors who spend a year or two, or some become professional scribes uh, who get to kind of work with the doctors and they're the ones taking the notes and doing the assessment and the plan and dealing with the electronic medical record. So because of, the elect- because of the advances in the electronic medical record, which really is more only about billing and coding and really mainly serves a function for hospitals and administrators, like Dr. Shem discussed with us yeah. in our podcast about his book, Dr. Shem of the book yeah. House of God, who then uh, came on our podcast. It's, a, it's been about a year, I think, actually, we, more than a year, I think, now. Actually, we should post that, who came on the podcast to talk about how crazy hospitals are and electronic medical records. So it spawned this whole new industry of scribes. Right. His book called Man's Fourth Best Hospital. Is that right? Yeah, Man's Fourth Best Hospital. So what are we doing today, Lauren? Well, you had texted me and we didn't get a chance to talk about it. So I want to bring it up now. You said the power went out multiple times during a surgery. Is that something we've talked about? on the show because that seems like something our audience want to hear. And I was operating at a surgery center and all of a sudden it went pitch black. And not only did it go pitch black, but the ventilator stopped working and just everything stopped working. And it was, it was nuts. Luckily the backup generator kicked in and the anesthesia machine was working. So the that was my biggest concern was making sure the patient was going to stay alive and be able to breathe and had oxygen and all that. And sure enough, they did. And, and luckily these institutions and surgery centers, uh, anything that's accredited has to have backup stuff. But so it was nuts. So the power went out and, and then after a little while, it, it, the backups came on and we had to kind of, you know, figure out some stuff. But what's really bizarre is it, it kept going out throughout the surgery so it got to the point kind of after a while, like I was kind of like, okay, I, I, I got this. I'm okay. And in the beginning, they're like, yeah, we just have to stop. If this happens, you got to stop the surgery, wake the patient up. I'm like, I'm halfway through the surgery. Mm-hmm. I, I have to, I can't just stop. I have to finish this operation. I mean, if I've learned anything from medical TV shows, it's like, hey, you can't just stop suddenly, right? I mean, that's seems impossible sometimes. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Well, I'm glad yeah. everyone was fine and you got through the surgery. Yes. Yes. And, and I think, every, and I think luckily, you know, everybody's surgery 
happened and happened safely and everybody did okay. But it definitely, there was a definite moment of serious stress and blackness, which, which was kind of really bizarre. It was just really bizarre. It felt, it felt like a TV show. Yeah. Just as we're starting it out of the pandemic, it's like, Oh, something uh, dark is happening again. Yeah, for sure. Which is weird too, because it's not like, unfortunately we're not having any like rainstorms or anything going on in LA. We get zero rain. No thunderstorms. Did you say unfortunately? Yeah, because we're going to have a drought again. So I'm like, I don't know. I guess the wind. California always needs something. So from the pandemic, we'll go to a drought and then... Exactly, the fires. Yeah, then we'll figure out something else. Yeah. So all positives. Um, You also wanted to talk about Naomi Osaka. Is that how you mentioned right? Yeah. I don't follow tennis, but I follow that story because you were like, we should mention this. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a good point. What was tell tell us the story? So she is the top earning athlete. I would figure it was like Serena Venus Williams, but apparently it's her and she's she's making like really? she's she's the she's currently the number one earning Yeah. Talent. She's like making fifty six million dollars a year, I think it is, wow. from endorsements and different things. But wow. she pulled out of the French Open because she did not want to do the media that was required of her. Like she was originally just, I think didn't show up. Right. And then she got fined and then she just pulled out altogether. Yeah. And it was interesting to hear. I, th- I don't remember if it was Federer or Nadal. They asked about it, what his thoughts were. And he said, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that's part of the job is kind of what he said. You know, when, mm-hmm. when you're, we're not so much, he may, I don't remember how it, how it came out, but it, at the end of the day, it kind of sounded like that's part of the job. If you're, if you're doing this, we need to be doing that kind of stuff. I, I don't know if he meant it's part of the job or it helps them. You know, it's something that they kind of need to do is do all that press and PR and marketing stuff. Well, um, Billie Jean King, that, that tennis pro woman, she was like, back in my day, we did need to do this because that's how we were getting, getting seen. But nowadays with social media, like she can write her own messages. She can do her own marketing. Like she doesn't need these other media outlets. And if she really is an introvert, which I get, cause I am too. And she suffers from anxiety and it, I'm sure it really is affecting her mental health. Like, yeah. why would she be making that up? Yeah. No, and, and and that's why I thought it's an interesting topic, especially with it just having been Mental Health Health Awareness Month, and especially with everything we've been through with the whole pandemic, which we're by no means out of. Uh, it's been a hard year, and everybody goes through stuff, and everybody has stuff, and it doesn't matter if you're the number one tennis player in the world, or uh, everybody has issues everybody has problems and and even though everybody looks on the outside so put together everybody it's good to know to some degree that everybody it's on the one i feel horrible for her but it's kind of nice to know oh even even the number one tennis seed has issues and mental health um concerns and issues i think it's good for the regular everyday person like you and me mm-hmm. to know that that we're not alone and on the one hand, it's horrible. And, and especially, you know, when we post stuff on on our social media and we don't by any means have the exposure that she does, we get hate. You know, we get we, we get hate. So I can only imagine 
exponentially the amount of hate and negativity that, that someone in her stratosphere gets. And she's wonderful, but I'm sure, and it, and it really weighs on you. Well, she said too that it started like in 2018 when she won the U.S. Open against Serena. Yeah, was it Serena? Yeah, Serena Williams. That, um, you know, I guess everyone wanted Serena to win. So they were, as she's like accepting the trophy or whatever the ceremony is, they're booing her. So she pulls her visor down. She like starts visibly crying. She said it started from then. And I get that because I'm a basketball fan. And Russell Westbrook, who I love, like they had a fan just like, as he was going to the locker room injured um, during a game, someone poured popcorn on him. Like people are terrible. Like fans are terrible. Like another fan threw a bottle at a basketball player. They've been cursing at players. Like it's like after this pandemic, everyone's just like going crazy. I, I gotta tell you, I don't think it's, I think it's forever and ever. I mean, to some degree, I think the athletes are, are our gladiators and it's been go. That's been going on for years. In fact, that's I remember. Point, I guess, but it's. I, disgusting. I don't think it's okay, but I. Yeah. But like I remember, you know, I was a hockey fan, a New York Ranger fan, and I grew up in New York, and we used to go to hockey games. And I remember one. I, th- I think it was at a Ranger game, or or maybe it wasn't. I don't remember. One during one game, a fan kind of did something to a player on the ice. And it was great. All the players climbed into the fan, into the state, into the seats, and it was this all-out brawl of fans and players. And so, and that was that was either in the late seventies or early eighties. So, like, like had that happened today, the whole world would know about it. True. But it was a rare thing back in the day. No one, no one really remembers it or knew about it. But well, that, so that's that's, a, that's another thing with that, like. Uh, the media and all these multiple outlets is like, yeah, like you're saying, there's so much more hate. Like we post something that's just normal and people are going to hate on it. So I can't imagine like you're saying the athletes that post anything, all the, they, they can't possibly look at it. It's just too negative. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I want, I wonder if uh, some, interestingly, you know, so I'm doing, uh, I'm a Pelotoner now. So occasionally I'll, I follow some of the Peloton trainers. And what really surprises me is sometimes I'll, I'll comment in Instagram on them and some of them will respond back. Well, that's nice. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so I wonder, it's interesting. I wonder if some athletes are on it or some aren't. I'm sure they have a staff and a crew to help them, just like we try to have people help us. Actually, but, I, that is true. I, I responded to an athlete because uh, they didn't have the umlauts on his name, a basketball player, Dennis Schroeder. Um, and I said I couldn't get a correct jersey, and he said that he would help us out and like give us a jersey. We never got one, but just the fact that he actually responded was uh, amazing. That's cool. Yeah. So I, you're right. Sometimes they do. Could have been one of his people, though. But who knows? But still, just True. the fact that you get response like that, it was it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's got like millions of followers. I was shocked. You know what's really in terms of, of responses. You know, I run this pre-med program. So when we first started doing, when when COVID shut us down and we first started doing it virtually, I figure we're having these speakers remotely on Zoom talk to our pre-med students. So I, I don't know, I think I told you, I sent Fauci an email saying we'd love to have you as a guest to yeah. our pre-med program. And I got a response from his number two guy saying, so and it was and it was it wasn't just a a 
blanket kind of email. It was a real email from this guy saying, so sorry, Dr. Fauci's busy, maybe in the future. Yeah, so the response makes you feel good sometimes. Yeah, and, and I, so I sent out a, we're getting ready for the summer speakers. So I actually sent Fauci another email to see today. I just sent it out today. That's what made me think of, maybe this time he's a little less busy with COVID. Who knows? Do you have any of your summer speakers uh, lined up for anybody? Not, not yet. About? Okay. Yeah. And it's all usually hospital-based, but I figure Fauci would be okay to add. Yeah. I'm sure they'd be excited. Yeah. But I, I'm sure he's not going to do it. I mean, he, he's been calling us asking to be on the podcast, but <laughs> in terms of... Uh, yeah. You know what's funny? I listened. I, I don't know. I was driving home and... I don't remember what that it was satellite radio and I don't remember what channel it was. And I don't remember, but it was something about the Jimmy Kimmel show. And he was talking about, it was like talking about his success. And what was funny was I think they weren't getting great guests or anything. And then they started doing that Matt Damon thing. Mm -hmm. Did you ever watch? And initially it was, a, it was a joke. They're like, and tonight's guests were sorry. Um, we ran out of time for Matt Damon and they had no, and I don't think they had anything going, but eventually after some time, Matt Damon's people said, we love it. Keep doing it. And gave, gave the blessing that they kept throwing in Matt Damon. And then Matt Damon finally, you know, showed up and Sarah Silverman did that funny. Yeah. That was you know, funny. I'm, I'm stooping Matt Damon thing. And, and that's kind of, so we have to find our Matt Damon, I think. I think, um, who knows? Maybe uh, Kimmel. Yeah, we, we kind of throw Denzel Washington out there because of your right. first thing elsewhere sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe someone a little less famous. Who knows? Maybe. I like that idea, though. What else is going on in your hospital world, Dr. Cohen? Well, the only other thing, and, and we, we talked about it on one of our Instagram posts, was the, the vaccination stuff and that numbers are down. and it. I just think it's interesting that there are now these incentives for people in certain states to go get vaccinated, so much so that there's, there's even, I think, in one state, a lottery where you could potentially win, I think, a million dollars, right? Did you, did you hear yeah. of that? Yeah. Of uh, what state? Was that Ohio or Iowa? Or? I, the one I read about was Ohio, I'm pretty sure. Ohio, yeah. Like, if you go get vaccinated, you might win a million dollars. I think and, the governor here is doing something similar. I'm like, oh, I, should I have waited? Would I have gotten a million? Right, you should have waited. Exactly. No. So um, I just think it's interesting, the whole, the whole, and, and, and on our post, we got a lot of interesting feedback about what, what people think about it. Is it good? Is it bad? And I, and I, I'm kind of make, I think on the one hand, yeah, it's, it's a great way to get people to get vaccinated. On the other hand, it's a little weird. I, th yeah. I think it's a little strange offering people bribes to get vaccinated. I, I don't know. I think it's a little interesting. I, yeah, it's nothing I expected. I, <laughs> I no. didn't think that was ever going to be on the table. Yeah. The, the one thing I think, you know, they're trying to get kids vaccinated and they're offering to pay for kids college tuition and stuff like that. That actually, I think, I, mean, I like I like that one. I saw that. Well, yeah, I I like the idea of paying for kids' college tuition no matter what. 
but whether or not it should still be a bribe thing, I, I don't know. And part of it is what's interesting to me is there are all these HIPAA laws in place, right? Patient protection laws, but they're kind of throwing it out the window now with getting vaccinated. And, and it's, that's what's kind of weird. We're so worried about HIPAA and patient protection. And to some degree at a hospital where I work, it feels like a lot of HIPAA is to protect the celebrities. Uh, a lot of, you know, uh, God forbid the celebrity, it, some, a celebrity gets found, but yet we could let everybody know if you've been vaccinated or not. It just mm-hmm. kind of sounds. Yeah. Little, it, it just, it, it leaves a weird taste in my mouth a little bit. Yeah. Like if people win and they didn't want to be, um, in the media, I'm sure that would like ruin uh, the whole plans for like the million dollar thing. It's like someone won, but we can't tell you who they are. Ruins right. everything. It's just a, li- it's just a little interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and it's taxpayer money too. So, is it? I didn't know where the money was coming from. It's got to be taxpayer money. It's not. It's not like, oh, oh, you know what? It is possible someone made a donation and said, but I, I think more likely it's taxpayer money. What else, uh, what else, Lauren? What are we watching? Have, have we been following other? I just finished Mayor of Easttown, which you have not watched for some reason. Not at all. And it's definitely, I think, I don't think any show is going to beat it for show of the year. Really? I mean, the last episode wasn't like the best ever, but it was only seven episodes. But the first six really hook you. They're really good. Really? Okay, maybe I'll try to get Bernice, the wife, and I to watch it. Maybe that'll be a good new show for us because we're, 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 um, there's nothing, there's nothing necessarily. You know what I watched with the kids last night? And then I unfortunately had to go operate, so I didn't get to, but uh, I wanted them to watch The Lost Boys. Oh, that's such a good movie. I'm, it scared me like when I first saw it, but I'm sure it would not scare them at all. Not only that, it's it was so dated. so dated. It was so dated, and I, and I don't think it held up. I, I uh, think yeah. I don't think I, I think they may have even once I left because I had to go operate last night. I think they may have turned it off. Maybe one of them finished watching it kind of under protest. So upsetting. yeah, they're they're too young for that. Like yeah, I remember my aunt showing it to me when I was little, and I thought it was scary. But like rewatching it, yeah, it's not scary at all. But not only not scary, it's just too dated. Even yeah. So, Great cast, fun cast. I love Diane Weist. West Weist? I think it might be Weist. Yeah, she's like a two-time Academy Award winner. She's great. I love her, yeah. And then Jason Patrick and both Corys. Whatever happened to Jason Patrick? I don't know. My wife asked me that, too. I do not know. And yeah. Kiefer Sutherland, also. And, and yeah. the way I got my kids a little interested in, in Kiefer Sutherland was, I said, he's President Snow's son. You know President <laughs> Snow? From the Hunger Games. Donald Sutherland is an amazing actor still. Yes, exactly. From Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the original. I never saw that. You never saw it? No, maybe the Halloween I'll get on. I did. It's It's a good one. It's scary. Anything else you want to say about mental health or being vaccinated? My my main mental health tip is, is the whole social distancing thing is wrong. It's... And, and we talked about it on multiple posts. It's do not socially distance yourselves. Mm-hmm. Only physically distance one yourselves. Be socially close. Be socially present. It's so important, especially now more than ever. It, people forgot how to, 
how to talk to each other. It's funny now, I, I've had some patients who are vaccinated who, you know, want to give me a hug. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I've allowed a few patients to hug me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but they're, they're so excited to, to be vaccinated. So excited. I know. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way too. It's, um, I think things are slowly getting better. I don't know if we're ever going to be back to normal though, Lauren. I don't either. I'm almost like, I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm just preparing myself for like a second wave of something. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know about a second. I mean, there's always going to be something, but I just think the new normal is, is going to be not what it once was. I, I think it'll be better for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think people like their masks. They feel comfortable with them, at least for a while. I, I think it'll, it's going to take a while till people are totally okay without their masks. And things are opening up. People are at sporting events. I mean, they're acting like a-holes, but they're right. we're allowed to attend. Exactly. And, and I think the, the Olympics doctors, are still coming. Yeah. And I, but, and I think we doctors are going to probably wear masks more often now, you know, when we're treating patients. Although I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. I, I, I don't know if we talked about it. When I used to go to the dentist, did, did we talk about it on a podcast? When I used to go to the dentist as a kid, my dentist had, didn't even have gloves on his hands, I remember. And he certainly didn't have a mask or anything. Mm-hmm. And now when you go to the dentist, the, do- the doctor has a shield and a mask pre- pre-COVID and gloves and all of that. So I think dentists are ahead of the curve in terms of... They are, but I had to sign like three forms because I had to get a root canal. Like it was all about like being at the dentist is the biggest way to get like COVID. Like we can't prevent this. If you get it, it's not our fault. Like I had to fill out like three pages saying, okay, I got it. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, they can only do what they can do. But I got that root canal fix as well. Good. Your tooth is better? Yes, it's better. Oh, Oh, also, um, so Naomi Osaka is going to be like the face of the Olympics. So maybe her doing this, pulling out the French Open, talking about mental health will be a reminder to everyone to talk to each other, to you have problems, address it. Yeah. Or or get help and 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 you're not alone. I think those are the two main main things are don't be afraid to get help. Don't be afraid to talk to people and realize there's so many of us on this planet. You're not alone. Someone's going through it. A lot of people have gone through what you've gone through. I think I definitely want to give a shout out to um to Sharon Feldstein. Feldstein to Sharon. I definitely want to give a shout out to Sharon Feldstein and and her organization, Your Mom Cares, because they, they we we need we need our moms caring. We all do. Yeah, Sharon was great. We have a podcast interview we did with her. If our listeners want to check that out, if you haven't, but Your Mom Cares is an organization that helps children with their mental wellness. And if you want to get more involved, visit yourmomcares.org. So I apologize for my low energy, but uh, thanks for joining us, everybody, at Gross Anatomy. Thanks I've for joining two, us. Two nights in a row, I operated till 1.30 in the morning. Whew. That's a lot. All right, go home, get some sleep. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.